<laughs> Hello and welcome to Bear Football here on the Barroom Network. John Buffon alongside Danny Shimon and Tyler Gaines Ellis. The Chicago Bears come out victorious in week one by a score of 19 to 10 over the San Francisco 49ers. Not bad. For the worst team in the league, if you ask me. I say that's a pretty good outing for a team that was supposed to have the number one overall pick next year. So I think that that's probably a pretty good launching pad into the 2022 season. Let's go around the horn. Danny, you just joining us. Initial reactions out of this game. Well, I mean, it's a ton, right? Initially, first half was the boring, just kind of like a slugfest, defensive battle. Obviously, the 49ers defensive front was obviously dominating the, the Bears offensive line. The Bears came in with a with a very conservative uh, game plan initially, maybe just because of, of the weather conditions. Maybe it was just, you know, first game jitters with the new staff, whatnot. But once... I, I, and I tweeted out, I said, I said, this game should be like 21 to nothing right now in favor of the 49ers. They, they, they kept the Bears. They allowed the Bears to kind of stay in there at halftime. Next, all needs one play for them to get back in it. And sure enough, it was that that 51-yard touchdown to Pettis, where, again, they allowed Justin Fields to do what he does best, right? Be a playmaker. Open up the offense a little bit. Let him do his thing. That was a broken you know, broken protection. You'll be able to go ahead and get out the pocket, buy some time. Does a great job. And this is what I loved about him coming out of Ohio State. When he pocket it breaks containment he doesn't just tuck it and run he's got his eyes downfield he's looking to try and make plays and that's what he saw here he looked downfield from pettis wide open for that touchdown that was the spark and lo and behold you know they scored in every single possession after that so you know th that was like the, the big play there sparked the offense and the one thing i i i noticed guys and this is something that's going to be talked about was which staff was the rookie staff making their first, you know, coaching their first game, and which which staff was the, you know, favor highly touted Kyle Shanahan staff, you know, because if you look at the penalties, eleven penalties for over hundred yards, that's not a well coached team to me. Now again, the weather conditions could have played a part of it, but also, if you flip flip side, Bears three penalties, only twenty four yards in those conditions, so. You know, that tells me, and that's something we saw this in the preseason, guys. We saw the Bears are a well-coached team. And I haven't said that here for the last three or four years. The Bears are actually a well-coached team. Love it. Love it. Let Justin Fields be Justin Fields in quick plays with his with his feet and his arm. And lo and behold, guys, he got a big, big-time victory there. Go off, Gaines. Come on. Thank you, man. Let the light, let the, let the, let the light out of the damn cage. Oh, Dave, so glad to have you with us. Yo, how about – I told you so just doesn't quite fucking say it to all the experts. John, we got national media, all nine guys, except Adam Rank here to pick the Bears to lose. But all season long, we said we got you got to show up when the lights come on. We didn't know what to expect. We said at halftime, what do they need to pick? What do they need to do? Just settle down. Handle what you can handle. Roquan Smith showed up for me, John, sideline to sideline. Initial reactions. Our coaching staff adjusted. We, we we adjusted. We started to swarm more to the ball. We stayed to our principles. And the people that had to step up did. This was freaking incredible. Are you kidding me right now? First of all, I just won 500 bucks because I took the freaking Bears money line. Like I said two weeks ago, not financial advice. Not financial <laughs> advice. But what I'm saying is I believed in my coach, John, all offseason, bro. I was I, I truly truly like how this infrastructure was reconstructed to actually bring people in to um to develop. We only have 23 people here from last year. We have over 15, 13 rookies on the team, not first round picks. This is a brand, this is a brand new team here. And we have been given 
Ryan Post brought in a staff that had credibility with recent success, John. Mm -hmm. And that show and that showed up. We saw our first round pick um quarterback out freaking play the the, the the top number overall pick. That's what that was that was just happened. And it was freaking awesome. And it was a total team effort. Yeah, Danny, you talked about the staffs and you know it looked like they kind of it was almost like a freaky friday situation because the the 49ers 12 penalties for 100 yards the bears very disciplined and i think a big takeaway out of this is they didn't shoot themselves in the foot they didn't lose this game on their own because when you're playing a good team you can't you know shoot yourself in the foot many times you don't have a lot of big margin you don't have a big margin for error. So, and especially in conditions like that, you saw the 49ers racking up a lot of penalties. You didn't see the Bears racking up a lot of penalties. So, uh, as far as second half adjustments, what did you see differently out of the Bears? Because the first half, I mean, we were talking about it. The offense <laughs> it looked kind of lost. There was, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They looked, they looked pretty bad. But we were interested to see what the adjustments were going to be because we're not used to halftime adjustments. <laughs> what did you see different out of this team? The biggest thing they allowed they opened up the offense a little bit more. Let Justin Fields kind of create on his own there. You know they, they were just so conservative in the beginning, uh, trying to run, run, you know, rely on the running attack, the rushing attack, and quite honestly, that the 49ers were just dominating the the Bears' offensive line, both in you know in terms of the pass rush and run defense as well. And that safety twenty nine was was like an all pro today. I mean, I thought you know with his hair and everything, I thought he looked like. Uh, the, the, the guy from the Steelers. Uh, um, I'm drawing a name. I'm drawing a blank on his name now, but. Uh, Number forty-three from the Steelers, the uh, the Paul old safety, Paul Mawo. Thank you so yeah. much. But uh, I mean, that's that's the way he looked. And I'm like, come on, guys, open up a little bit. And second half, sure enough, gets he allowed Fields to get open. Now again, that that big play was that broken play where Fields kind of created on his own and got Pettis. But then we saw the next drive. He got a little bit some runs. And also, again, those penalties helped the Bears kind of extend drives there as well. And then obviously that 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 second touchdown, which was um, uh, Fields to to uh, St. Brown. Kind of put you know put the that that you know that that train on the tracks there and kind of kept rolling there from there on and I think just the 49ers are kind of shell shocked from there, uh, but I, I think from there on it was just like the, the Bears had control of this game and again you saw the confidence growing the team because the defense was doing a hell of a job mm -hmm. keeping them in it right and the one thing I noticed about the defense guys they were getting pressure with the front four mm -hmm. they were they were very rarely blitzing bringing extra defenders and all that stuff and the coverage was pretty good. We saw Eddie Jackson making making make Eddie Jackson, you know, 2018 type of play there, you know, pick off the, the play. I mean, it, it was just vintage Bears, you know, from from like last couple of you know, seasons or from I'm sorry, from 2018 and plus also from the Lovey Smith days. Remember, they had the two middle linebackers up in that A gap, mugging that A gap, and then dropping back into coverage, you know, confusing Trey Lance post snap, you know, in terms of who's coming, who's dropping back. We've seen this, we've seen this recipe before with Lovey Smith, right? You play a nice solid defensive game good special teams coverage and then offensively just just you know get you know capitalize on your on your turnovers and, and make plays there as well so hopefully this year or this with this you know kind of you know um regime here we'll see an offense that actually can support that defense what we didn't see back in the lovey smith days and, and one thing we uh we kind of laid into eddie jackson at halftime because of that shoulder tackle attempt yeah, on the was, goal line it, it did bad. not look good but he made up for it in a big way but, but at least he attempted to tackle as opposed to previous years where he would just kind of duck or whatever, you know, but he's, you know, at least he went steps. in there. Baby yeah. steps. We're, we're getting yeah. there. But it yeah. comes back in a big way, has a huge ball hawk moment. Uh, Gaines, you said that Eddie Jackson, if he if he turns it up, he can be a great playmaker. Is this is that maybe the first step towards this? 
Absolutely, John. All, all year, all offseason, Eddie kept talking about how he felt like he can play free. And I think, and I feel like having Brisker there gives him that peace of mind, like, yo, this rookie got my back. I don't have to overcompensate. I can play my position. And his coaching staff put him in that position. I mean, Eddie's hips look, look how Luce's hips look. And it just looked like, yo, okay, Eddie, that's, that's, I want to see you running the field, scanning the field like Ed Reed would do. Like, I know that's a Hall of Fame comparison, but that's what we, that's what Eddie, that's the Eddie Jackson that we saw in 2018. And Mm -hmm. it's one thing to tip the ball, but we're we're getting results, guys. That's the thing about it. Championship teams, I'm saying it, championship teams, playoff teams, find a way to make it happen. We're still used to playing to the freaking minimums here in Chicago, and we got coaches that have, championship aspirant because they came from teams that competed in the playoffs. You see what I'm saying? Luke Getty is he's used to going to the playoffs. So Pittman, whatever freaking wide receiver, you're active, you're expected to, to execute. That's how the Patriots won every new wide receivers every single year. So to your question, John, Eddie seems primed, bro, because I feel like he doesn't have to do everything. I, I feel like the young guys around him are stepping up. Jalen Johnson, peanut punch. You know what I'm saying? It's not all on Eddie. We're not, it doesn't have to be Eddie. To, to, to do everything, but he doesn't have to do his job, and he did it. Yeah, and, and the, the defense as a whole, I, Danny, you mentioned this, we're, we're getting pressure with those front four. Is, mm-hmm. is that not the basis of this Matt Eberflus uh, defense where it's like get enough pressure with the front four, drop seven, and then cause chaos for the quarterback when he's trying to read those trying to read those zones? Right, that's what it is. It's front four guys get up field, attack those gaps, and, and get into the into the quarterback's you know lap and get into the backfield. And and one thing we noticed is is our guys, a couple of guys that really impressed me, newcomers. Dominique Robinson has been impressing me all training camp. You saw that that get off the length, his ability to get. Now you see why I like defensive ends with long arms, be able to reach out, grab uh, Trey Lance, or bring him down for that sack. I think he had one and a half sacks on the day. And then Armand Watts, this kid they got from the from the Vikings and a waiver pickup, one hell of a pickup. This is the kind of defense of tackle you need a guy that can play that that three technique shade over the shoulder of the guard hit up field got that quickness got that that twitch in the bottom and in a big body get up there and twice i remember twice probably three times you know he didn't get the sack but he got up there in, into the backfield made trey lance move get up in the pocket and a couple times there was an interception i'm talking an completion the other time i believe he also rushed trey lance into an incompletion as well so you know those are two guys that really stood out to me on the defensive line Obviously, with with, with uh, Quinn, he was going up against All Pro Trent Williams. We didn't expect to see much there from him today. But the other guys, Muhammad had a good job in terms of playing, you know, aggressive run defense as well, creating a nice hard edge. Because a lot of these, you know, these uh, 49ers, obviously, they do a lot of the cutback, right? So you have to play a nice, disciplined game as a defensive end to be able to, uh, you know, not kind of, you know, fall in, uh, you know, and kind of lean in on on a defense on the offensive line and just make sure you maintain that hard edge. And I think Muhammad did a couple of nice jobs there. You talked about the the rookie Brisker uh, a couple times coming up in, in terms of run defense. It was that I think second and goal play where he came up and, and he dropped a running back for a th- three or four yard loss. That was a nice play there as well. So uh, and it wasn't perfect. There were some coverage uh, gaps that, that I want I want to see uh, you know kind of taken care of in, in coming days. But again, first time out there against a, a team that a lot of people are picking going to the Super Bowl. You know weather conditions may have play a part of it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kind of you know f- you know kind of forget about those, but. Overall, very impressive win. A nice way to start off the new Matt Eberflus regime.
And if uh, anyone's going to start talking about bare weather and why they don't know why they don't want to go to a dome, maybe they bring up this game. But I'm not going to I'm not going to go down that that uh, that trail yet. Uh, we do have some highlights here. Aldo's got them queued up for us. I, I want to go to that that Pettis uh, catch, that Pettis t- touchdown thrown by Justin Fields. And like you said, so Danny, a lot of this was improvised. You look here, it rolls out, great little juke there. But the fact is, he's still scanning the entire right, field, David. not just the left side of the field, the entire John, field. Exactly. Yeah, the the thing with these young quarterbacks, and nothing I scan or I scout when I'm seeing these covers in college is, all right, will you break containment? You've got pressure in your face. Do you tuck it and run, or do you continue to look downfield and make plays? And the one thing that stood out to me when I was scouting Justin Fields was like, he was his first reaction wasn't just tuck it and run. His reaction was, hey, let's look downfield. Let's see what happens. I bought myself some time. Let's see what goes on. And sure enough, right here, he, and, and he goes, Cross field doesn't doesn't just stay to his side of the field. Goes totally across the football field. Finds a wide open Pettis, uh, and, and like I said, big time play here. This is what started the whole spark. The, the difference uh, the between this rally. year and last year, gentlemen, we saw this kind of example in the preseason game. It's that he scanned the field, but he got his hips turned around where he was going to throw. Last year he wasn't doing that, and I, I feel like this is a um, great relationship with his quarterback coach, with with the people just around him, really harping on the fundamentals. And so, like, how many times have the Bears have a wide open wide receiver and the ball doesn't get there? These are things that have that have plagued us. Like, John, we got a chance to win, but we just can't get out of our mm-hmm. own way. We had to play damn near perfect to win this game. And we did the things that we actually had to do. And it's really cool to get back to the fundamentals. On the defensive line, we won our one-on-ones. The thing about the offensive coordinator and, and like yeah. you guys were talking about initially, like the, the run game in the first the first half was just not going, not doing anything. But what happened was second half, because the, the, the 49ers were, were accustomed to the Bears, kept running the ball, running the ball. What happened on, on that on that touchdown to St. Brown? They all expected the run. Yep. Next thing you know, St. Brown kind of yep. he's gonna he's gonna block yep. and he sneaks out, goes out Play open action. for a touchdown. Fields given time. Wide open. Just, just like you were saying, they sold out, they sold out. Yeah, if you see this end zone view, they show how everyone's uh, kind of ready to play the run. And and actually, St. Brown does a great job of kind of juking like he's going to block, and he kind of sneaks out there and, and runs that corner route. Yeah, we didn't and- give up. We didn't give up on a run, John. I was about to say that. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think we gave up on a run. That was 17 hard rushes by David Montgomery. I mean, it was like less than three yards of carry, less than two yards of carry, but he still kept running hard, <laughs> tiring them down. Justin Fields ran the ball over 10 times, and then Herbert gave a little spark. So that's still. When you when you have over 25, 30 rushes in a game, that actually dictates the um defenses like versus instinct and open up those sides in his own. It's thir- uh, 37 rushes altogether if you take uh, Herbert that. Fields and, and Montgomery. Uh, that brings up an interesting question because it, I, I love the fact that they did not give up on the run. It was not working, but they kept there. And I think that paid dividends because the, it, br- it keeps bringing the defense up like they're going to run the ball. And we saw exactly what we saw with the St. Brown uh, touchdown. But that brings up an interesting uh, discussion as well. Uh, David Montgomery, 17 rushes for 26 yards. That's a, one and a half yard per carry. Khalil Herbert, uh, when his when he got his number called nine carries for 45 yards with one touchdown. Uh, is it possible that we see a bigger workload for Khalil Herbert moving forward? I don't know, man. I mean, like Herbert, I mean, it, it's the fact that I feel like the, in my opinion, the 49ers prepared to stop David Montgomery. They, they came out, the, the game plan was to make Justin do something. They were at um, Montgomery's, um, his ankles. Herbert, if it if it play if it dictates to the to the um to the defense to open things up, then by all means. 
But we already know the holes just weren't there for David. It's not it's not that he wasn't hitting them hard because if those holes were open, he would have took it off. But if if, if Herbert's going to shine, we should go beat the hot hand. What do you think, Danny? Yeah, for, for me, I, I like it the way it is right now. I'm a big Justin Herbert fan, uh, uh, Khalil Herbert fan. I'm, I'm a big David Montgomery fan as well. So, you know, I think an equal balance rushing attack would be fine. You know, those numbers, 37 rushing attempts between Herbert, Montgomery, and Justin Fields, those are music to my ears, John. I mean, I mean I'm so tired of the last couple of years where where Matt Nagy would just, you know, he'd pay homage to, to, the, to the rushing attack and, and say that, yeah, they have to run the ball during the week. But then Sundays have come along and he, he'd run it first, you know, first couple of drives and he's done. He's done with running the ball, running the ball. So it's so important. Like I said here, perfect example, the rushing attack wasn't working, right? But what happens is the 49ers know it, that you're going to predominantly rely on the run. So what makes that, what makes, you know, uh, your offense better? That play action game where now you have them expecting to come up the the first initial instinct for a linebacker is to come up and fill his gap but you know what once they come up and fill you play action now you tight ends going behind you the receivers going behind you it gives you the quarterback some passing lanes some windows there to get the ball down the field that's why sean mcveigh's done it kyle shanahan's done it over the years this is how it works in football and i just was tired of matt Nagy giving up on it so quickly and i don't want to bring that name up right now it's the big victory don't want to go back to the past we'll look we'll look to the future here my my boy Gaines has me all pumped up here but i'm just saying like like you know we're, we're just looking this works guys and you know getty came from a system that relied heavily on this kind of kind of offensive philosophy and now we're going to hopefully see that you know trickle here with the bears coming up you're muted Gaines. <laughs> I'm trying to be respectful. Danny, Danny was going off. I didn't want to just, I didn't want to stop his flow. He was bringing the heat. But um, I want to ask both you gentlemen a question because this is the what I, I try to ask six seven to score with Mike and Mike and Hollis, and I want to add a right to answer this question. The narrative all week long that the Bears were going to get pummeled by twenty, right? That was the narrative nationwide. Okay, so <laughs> the, the we talked about the um the 49ers were a Super Bowl contending team. What does that mean? Witness the Bears play playoff caliber playoff play on um, playoff caliber football when it takes to win the game. I'm not saying we should crown them, but at the end of the day, we just outran. We were down ten, so we didn't just win the game. We were down ten. We had to show resolve. We had to, we had to re, we had to reflect, overcome, and then execute. Rainy day in Chicago on our mm-hmm. turf. Yep. Yeah, and I think. It's, it's a great stepping stone because I think in the past few years, you look at this game and say, this is probably a, a game that the Bears don't come back and win. They're big, this is just a game that the Bears aren't competitive in because once once they get down at halftime, they're in, they were completely incapable of making any kind of adjustments to come back and and, and uh, come back from any kind of deficit. But what, but what you see this year is a little, like you said, gains resolved. Danny, you said the adjustments, everything there, it all worked together and they were able to come back and do, do what they had to do to win the ball game rather than saying, hey, let's just keep hitting our head against the wall and see if we see something different. Exactly. And so uh, I think that this was this was a really, really good positive step because we saw that the Bears can adjust to the flow of the game. They can adjust to what's going on, what's working, what's not. And, th- and they can come back and win against a really good football team, against a team that some people say can go to the Super Bowl if Trey Lance pans out. Uh, and and I think they had they had Trey Lance running just as much as the the Niners had Justin Fields running. I think they had great pressure going after the quarterback. Uh, kept kept uh, Trey Lance thirteen of twenty eight for one hundred and sixty four yards and and an interception. That that's not a great line. 
And so I, two? I the two they, interceptions or one? This well, one no, they, they should have had another one, but it was it was they were one okay. interception, and then uh, they they picked up on it. They got a they got a turn. They got a fumble out of uh, I forget who the, who fumbled the ball, but of uh, Debo I think fumbled the ball. Yes, uh, and and they got it. So um so. I can only imagine what the talking points on, you know, San Fran radio is going to be this week about Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> being there. And and not to say that this was 100% on Trey Lance, but I'm sure they don't love the fact that they just lost to a team that most people are say are the worst team in the league. So I, I can only imagine what the uh, what the narrative might be in San Francisco, but I don't really care after this game. So go ahead, Danny. <laughs> not only about, you know, Garoppolo versus Lance. But did we make the right pick in training up and getting Trey Lance instead of Justin Fields with True. that third overall pick? Exactly. That's going to be talked about as well. So, but it's, it's too early to give up on Trey Lance. But, but I'm just wanted to say, like, at no point did I feel like the Bears were going to lose this game because of Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. I felt if they're going to lose this game is because of, in, uh, in, especially in the first half, was their offensive inefficiency and also the rushing attack, you know, the, the way that they were gashing the bears with some of those big runs with, whether it was Debo, whether it was, you know, before he got hurt, Elijah Mitchell, but I, I didn't feel like Trey Lance was going to beat the bears, you know? So I, so mm-hmm. I think what in the second half kind of happened, the bears defense kept them in, in the game. Then the second half adjustments came up where they kind of let Justin Fields that like we talked about earlier, open up the game off passing game there. And that's then it kind of just now the pressure mounted on Trey Lance. And again, I had, I had felt no, no, at, at no point that I feel like Trey Lance was going to lead this team back to win that game over the Bears. He's slick and he can move around the pocket a little bit and he can find the angles and he picked up a few nice first downs. But I, I think you're right, Danny. I don't, I was watching this game and I, I wasn't afraid that Trey Lance had the football late in the game. And, and maybe that's just because, you know, it's just he's still young. But and if we're Garoppolo's not... in there, I might be a little bit more hesitant there. Because he's, you know, that he's gonna, he's he's gonna find the guys. He's gonna yeah. find. He's he's not gonna kill you with his legs, obviously, but he's gonna right. find. Uh, he's gonna find the open. He's gonna find the open receivers. Uh, so moving moving forward, I mean, there's a lot to build on for this game, and I don't want to talk about the negatives so much because they won the football game. Normally, we're all t- we're talking about the negatives whenever <laughs> whenever uh, you know they they lose and all this other stuff. But uh, I do want to talk about the I do want to talk about the line a little bit because we had a, we had a question in the chat room. Uh, about uh, I think Tevin Jenkins being uh, being benched or yeah or uh, something of that nature. Danny, what did you see with the line? What did you see with that with that whole you know the the Lucas Tevin Jenkins? Yeah, uh, that was kind of weird because because Jenkins started the game obviously. Then I saw I, I noticed uh, maybe midway through the first or early second quarter I saw Lucas Patrick in there playing guard, and then uh, we flip it back around to Tevin Jenkins. But then I don't know if there was like a rotation going on if, if Jenkins was dealing with an injury. He was back and forth, or if it was just ineffective play. But uh, I mean, offensive line really, really, like I said, was dominated versus by that 49ers defensive front. And and they, you know, guys, those are the, that's one of the better defensive fronts in football. So it's not, it's not, you know, no, no, uh, no shame there I, on on Braxton Jones for giving up, you know, a sack and a half to to the to the 49ers, you know, both on all those guys. But uh, it just physically, they were not being able to match the the, the effort, you know, up, up front by. You know the 49ers defense, so I think they're trying to bring in Lucas Patrick, maybe to, to give give them a a, more, a little bit more of physicality there. I'm not sure, but it'll be interesting to see if, if post game if someone asks Iberflus about Tevin Jenkins, was he dealing with an injury? Uh, you know what, what was going on there because they they look like they're rotating them in and out. I'm uh, just not sure if that was just you know by, by design or if it was an effective play or if, if there's some some injury involved there. 
Uh, thank you for thank for everyone that's in the chat room. Chris Watts saying it's weird not seeing me go off. <laughs> no, normally uh, if they're losing, I'm going off, and if it's uh, if it's before fifty five, I'm going off. I only have so much adrenaline in my body. I can only give so much throughout the week, so I got to pace myself for Wednesday. But uh, much much to your point, though, uh, there there's a lot to build on. But I would much rather build off of a win. Then yes. build what, what we were talking about last year whenever uh, Justin Fields was just getting his feet wet when the NFL was just like, all right, they got manhandled. They didn't play well. What are the what, what did we see within the game that we can maybe what can we dissect that it might be a positive? We now you're off of a win and say there's right. a lot to clean up. There's a right. lot that needs addressed. But you know what? The Chicago Bears are one and oh, and that's something that we, we weren't really able to do before, <laughs> you know, build off of a win. Teams find, that find a way to win can find a way to get better as well. And I think that you saw a very different Chicago Bears football team today be, just because of the culture. Did you see and, – and this is just this is what just jumped out to me. And, Gaines, we kind of talked about this at halftime. Every DB, every linebacker is swatting. They're going after the ball every single time. They are trying to lay a hammer. Uh, Kyler Gordon got burned, but when he caught up to the guy, swinging the hammer, trying to get the ball out. If you get toasted, at least try to pop the ball out. Every single player on the defense was trying to pop the ball out on every play. And to your point, Gaines, that's a culture change. Mm -hmm. That's not just different players. That's a different culture in the locker room, is it not? Yes, sir. I mean, it's that's that that is that's it, John. Thank you, bro. It, you're right. We don't gotta yell when yo. We told you so. <laughs> like, there's nothing to yell about except this excitement that like yo, we could be going to the playoffs, or at least we have the right we have the right building blocks for a, building a playoff team that has longevity success. Our team is young. The average age in our team is 25 years old. After being the oldest team in the NFL a couple years ago, this is freaking exciting. The freaking Packers next week, Sunday night. We'll talk about that later. But starting the game, starting the week off, if it's possible, we we just handle them. The mm -hmm. 49ers, the 49ers are normally picked to handle the Packers. We just sure. took care of them. So we were, if there was a chance, Aaron Rodgers is, miss, is missing his left tackle. All types of different stuff is happening. Uh, we, we, start the, we, we, we start we start the season off. You know, Danny, against the two top teams in the NFC outside of the outside of Tampa Bay. I'm just saying the, the the conference looks open right now. Well, I'm just saying if, if you do go two and all that Gaines is saying, I mean, that, that talk about a confidence boost for a very young team. And again, w w once once momentum starts in the NFL, it just keeps building and building and building. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But you know, they, like you said, John, you know, it's there's always things to work on, right? There's a lot of mistakes here. Uh, you talked about Kyler Gordon. I I coming out of the draft, I liked him as an outside corner. I didn't see him as an inside nickel corner. The Bears feel differently. We'll see how that plays out. But he's he, he got burned a couple of times, if, you know, trying to cover it and nickel. So I, I would prefer him being outside. But however, he was aggressive in terms of tackling. I love that about him. And and defense, all defensive players, first of all, going back to Lovey Smith days, they all swarm to the football. They all come with the, with their with their fists ready to to kind of peanut punch to get that ball out of there, which I love. And and like you guys said culture right you teach turnovers you coach turnovers you expect turnovers guess what happens on sundays you get turnovers right so that's what this team this this coaching staff brought in from day one and again all going back to what we've seen here in chicago before guys under lovey smith you know they 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 want turnovers generate turnovers swarm to the ball punch at the football get that ball out create opportunities for your offense that's what they they teach and that's what they're doing so far 
Yeah. The, the thing, John, I was going to say, man, the cool thing about it is every coach says that turnovers. You know, like every coach says that. Like we're gonna swarm, we're gonna be, we're gonna be physical. What did what did um um McPhee say? We're gonna be violent. We're gonna be violent. And like, but it was just different when you hear when you hear from the players. The, when you hear from those coach players, we actually he's actually teaching you all the science of the game. And if you mm-hmm. follow these principles, like you have a better chance for results. And so when like he coached some of the top top linebackers in the league. Like Matt, 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 the, the Colts defense used to be bottom third in the league. In his first year, he took it to top ten, and so that that that's and he was a secondary specialist, and so yeah. like all these things. And not not forget his mentor is Rob Marinelli. Yeah, Lovey Smith. His it's mentor was Smith, Rob. Yeah. The yeah. one thing games. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It, 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 it all it all comes full circle on actually executing. We, it's about we're finally seeing it on the field when it matters, when we're actually playing meaningful football, like not garbage time of working on stuff. So it's cool to see us get off to a good start. John, you hear me about this claim Super Bowl. You're like, calm down. <laughs> I'm here to I'm here to bring the temperature of the room down just yeah. a little bit. But uh, no, I like it. I like it. Go ahead, Danny. But but the one thing like like Gaines touched on, and I kept saying, if you know, a lot of coaches go up there and say, you know, we want turnovers, we want we want create turnovers. But if you harp on the players, this is what we want. You coach the players, and this is how you do it. This is how you go out and get the create these turnovers. Eddie Jackson today, the way he was playing that center field safety position, that's what we saw Eddie Jackson do back in his you know 2017-2018 season, right? That's what you want to see, Eddie Jackson. You don't. He's not a, a downhill you know, run defending, you know, physical enforcer, you know, hopefully Brisker is that kind of safety, but you know, Jackson's the guy, let him back there, let, let him play free and loose and let him jump routes like he did today and, and create that turnover. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is, and Gaines, you said this, it's just, everyone always says this. They always harp on it. They always say you got to buy in, but this to actually see the players buy into it, to see them actually build into that 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 culture, they're into it now. They want that 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 whole hits thing. Like you said, it goes all back all the way back to Marinelli and Lovey Smith, and you're seeing an actual defensive culture being built. And it started on day one, which is nice to see. I, I do want to switch sides of the ball real quick because if you look at the way that Justin Fields distributed the ball today, uh, he, he completed eight passes and three of them were date to David Montgomery. And then right. nobody else caught multiple balls. Everyone else had one single catch. Uh, Dante Pettis, one for 51 in the touchdown. Uh, Byron Pringle, one for 21. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown, one for 18 in the touchdown. And then uh, Khalil Herbert also had a catch. Um, this was, probably wasn't the right week with the elements and the way things were to decide who was really going to take hold of that number two spot because we're not not one catch for for Cole Komet either who had uh, high aspirations but you can maybe chalk that up to not just week one but it was a torrential downpour as well right I, I agree I, I think I think that the the weather had you know play something in I think the initially the the pass rush the, the the pressure they were putting in just on Justin Fields either from the edge or from the from in, in his from his face there was creating some some hesitation. That first sack, I, th- I think that was Fields holding on to the ball a little bit too long because it looked like he kind of pumped it and then held on to it, and then the sack the sack happened. So you know, that, I think that could have been a combination there of, of the quarterback, you know, elements and and offensive being dom- offensive line being dominated by the defensive front. So hopefully, you do want to see that get better. So like we talked about earlier, this is a win, but there's a lot of teaching points here, and it's always good to have you know a teaching tape after a victory than it is obviously after a loss. So, you know, obviously I want to see the offense get better. I think Pringle looked good. Obviously, and Vilas Jones, hopefully he gets back in the lineup, give you some more of that element of speed. 
another another guy that can make some plays there, whether it's handing the ball off to him or just throwing it down the field. So, but again, once we saw him kind of stretch the defense, go downfield, you know, we saw throw to Mooney that was incomplete. We saw a throw to Byron Pringle that was incomplete. Now the 49ers are saying, all right, these guys are gonna now throw the ball down the field, and that kind of opened things up for the Bears offensively, I think. Yeah, and I think that what you saw from the first half to the second half was very different as far as how they were approaching the game. Uh, Danny, in the first half, did you see any of you know, processing issues or, like you said, holding on to the ball too long? It, it, what do you see from Justin Fields that maybe he, even within the flow of the game even got better? Was it more of, hey, go play your game and he's able to do that better rather than that that structure one read, two read, three read, go through that kind of stuff. Yeah, initially, like I said, that first sec, I, to me, it felt like Fields held onto the ball a little bit too quickly. It looked like he was going to get rid of it and then kind of just felt a little bit unsure himself. Uh, and it sounds like we have uh, Matt Eberflus at the uh, podium for a post game. So let's go ahead and tune into this. Outstanding deep ball thrower. He can. So uh, we're all excited about that play for sure. What did you think of the offense, man, overall today? I thought it was good. Like I said, we were it was rough sledding in the first half. You know, we were we were trying to find our way, and then we found our way uh, starting into that that drive, going into the two minute drive, and they really picked up pace from there. And I thought they had a really good second half, and they they capitalized on the turnovers, and that's complimentary football, and that's what you got to do. You know, we want to create. Our job is uh, is the defense and and the special teams is to create short fields for your offense. You know, and that special teams creates long fields for the defense. And if you looked at that first half, it wasn't that way. I mean, the field position, we were we were starting backed up the entire time, right? And then when the ball was – we got on defense, it was at midfield. And that's what I told the guys. I said, guys, we've been starting the whole first half midfield, and they got seven points. Okay, we should have – you know, we, were, we had a great drive at the end there. It's a – you know, we're going to do a good job in the second half, and they did. Yeah, so that rule was put in, right? It's a you know foreign object. You can clear off the spot, you know, with your foot or your hand, but you cannot take a foreign object out there to clear it off. And that was just a mistake. And we got to learn from that. And you know, those guys have have, have to do a good job of understanding that. And uh, we got to do a better job. So to get that, to get that fumble like, right away, to get that fumble recovery. Yeah. Right away, what do you think that did for them? You know kind of dating back to yeah. your principles. And yeah, that's that was great. That was great. They are on a drive. They had some momentum when we stopped it with that. And that happens. You know, I can go back to countless examples where the guys get in the red zone. And if you just hang in there, if you just hang in there on defense and you keep pounding the rock, good things will happen. And that's what happened. Jalen punched it and then Brisker recovered it. And uh, it was an outstanding play. And that happens a lot of times on the perimeter. You know, those, the ball comes off the body and, and you get a punch out. Yeah, that was outstanding. I mean, I saw him right when he came off the field and I gave him a big hug and he was, he was real happy and uh, I couldn't be prouder of him. And he's, uh, he was excited to get that for the, for his teammates. And uh, yeah, it was a fun moment. When you came in here, one of the things you preached was discipline, you know, to win the penalty battle, to have fewer turnovers than the other team. Does that show that, you know, if you don't give yourself a good step, you give yourself a chance? You do. You do. You give us, you know, we, like we said from the onset, we play smart, aggressive football, you know, so you can still hit, you know, and, and do the things and play aggressive and, you know, and, and finish plays and do it the right way. They're, they're, but you do it the smart, aggressive way. 
you know, if you go over the line, you see that where it's just like, you know, hitting after the whistle, pushing, hitting quarterbacks out of bounds, you know, all those types of things that, that beat you, you beat yourself that way. And we're just don't want to do that. And we show guys the, the ramifications of that, how it hurts you as a football team field position wise, keeps drives alive. Um, and we had that today. We had a couple of sustained drives through penalties that we got that were against us, which was, which was, I thought was really good. Scrambles and you had the big touchdown pass uh, to Pettis on kind of a, a scramble. Like, yeah. But uh, are you concerned about how often he was having the scramble and whether that's viable for you guys going forward? Yeah, I don't, I don't see that concerned right now. I mean, I'll go back and look at the tape, but I, I don't see that coming off the game. I, I have to watch the tape, but I thought that it was, it was, he did it when he was supposed to. With Tevin, with Tevin and um, Lucas Patrick rotating at right guard, what? Yeah. To, that know, was we're going to rotate them the whole week yeah that was going to be that way and uh you know you saw lucas had the q-tip on so you know he was going to play that position uh the guard position so we were rotating them the whole time can you break it in the moment like you mentioned that the, uh, the showing of the hits principle and your guys really kind of buying it and getting a win like that through yeah I, I could feel that all along you, you know talk about you know you started when we, when we started to perform in the games you could feel that, you know, so that, you know, the first game, Kansas City, then we went out to Seattle, then in the Cleveland game, you can start them to feel that, you know, hey, how it's starting to pay off, you know, and man, this hard work that we're doing is starting to really work and it, it's winning football. And then we just kind of just brought that into the practice. The guys had really, you know, two weeks of practice there before the first game and man, they, they did a nice job. Like I said, it wasn't perfect. We're one to know. We got a lot to work on and we'll go from there. With Tevin and Lucas, do you anticipate to continue that rotation? We'll look at it. I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that right now. We'll look and see where everybody is, and then we'll go from there. What do you do? I hang with family. It's that simple. You know, I go with the people that love me, and I love them, and uh, just hang out and just be normal. We'll deal, we'll deal with a lot of people in the league that are surprised by what we saw today. There are people 49ers. How surprised are you? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I thought the guys executed. I thought that they hung in there. And that's what you got to do in the NFL. It's never going to be perfect. It's always going to be hard. Always. And most times it comes down to the end just like that, you know, and uh, that's the way the NFL is. Thank you. Right. Thank you. You're muted, bro. You're on mute, John. I know that now, this damn thing. Uh, that was the head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus. Sounds like an adult in there, doesn't he? Just sounds like he has a real good grasp, a, a, a real good sense of confidence that, you know, he's he's very even-keeled about stuff. And you know what? It's, it's nice to have, and I talked about this years ago, and I'm not going to bring up, you know, the former coach. I'm not going to bring up former players, but what <laughs> I will say, what, but, but it's, it's nice to actually have a CEO of the, of the, of the, of the team that can be an adult mm. and overlook everything and just kind of just has a grip on everything. I think that's what the bears were lacking. They were lacking <laughs> for lack of a better term, an adult in charge of everything. So it's just, it's nice to see that. It's nice to hear that. It's nice to hear a guy who's probably going to be even keel across the board, and he's going to be—he's going to be relatively honest. He's—he's—he was—he's pretty honest in all of, in all of those uh, responses. He—he he wasn't looking for the whys. He wasn't telling us about how great practice was. He wasn't going back and looking at the tape. Like he—he's—he's he's a pretty straight shooter there. So, uh, and so I think that it's—it was just nice to hear that. Any anybody any other takeaways from that? 
Yeah, no, it's, it's hey, good so to we're, have we're, a coach that actually gives you an answer after after a question. You know, as opposed to like, oh, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go and watch and watch the tape and 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 film and all that stuff. And he said, he, I said, you know, it, it, the week uh, we we planned on having you know uh, Lucas Patrick uh, rotating with Tevin Jenkins. That's not something at all. You know, it's something that you know we, we were talking about all that. It, it was no, there wasn't code there, right? It wasn't a big secret there. Um, it tells me a lot about Tevin Jenkins whether whether they went you know they prefer to have Lucas Patrick in there with one hand basically play over him. So that's a different story. We'll discuss that a different day. But uh, you know, and, and the fact that you know he said that that I'm not going to restrict Justin Fields from being the playmaker that he is, right? You know, those broken plays. Those, are you concerned? Yeah, you you want to see a nice clean pocket for your quarterback, but at the same time you have a quarterback that can be a playmaker that can make plays like that why restrict them why tell them you cannot leave the pocket you got to stay in the pocket you got to be a pocket passing quarterback that's going to come that's going to develop over the years once he gets more comfortable more more you know uh ingrained in his offense if you will but right now hell if he breaks the containment as long as he's not running like like a josh allen is and getting pummeled every freaking you know week you know break contain buy some more time Look downfield, make a big play like he just did today. You know, that's going to help you win. And if he didn't do that today, the Bears will win this game. John, I'm excited for you, bro, because no more word soup. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that was the one thing that tormented us both all the past couple of years was just, just Saying this talking of, of words. And, and and that's all I was excited. I was like, I, I thought you were gonna say that we will never say the term word soup again. Yeah, because, because talking Matt, in circles. <laughs> Matt actually gives us content and you can actually illustrate what he's saying when he's saying it. He's a no-nonsense guy. And, and John, I feel like this is a real hit to the media. And because if you if you go back to all the all the player interviews, every player says, We're not surprised. What did Darnell Mooney say? He said you're gonna be surprised by Justin. Every single coach saying, no, this is not a rebuild. You all keep saying it's a rebuild. You all keep saying it. We know we got young players, but, yo, we got a, we actually got a GM that may have hit on the coach. That's freaking exciting. Yeah. <laughs> he may have got a GM that hit on some couple things because everybody else is betting on us down, and the coach is like, yo, respect my vision. Like, respect my vision is not just about me, but I'm going to get the right people in place to coach these guys up. And that's that's what we saw. I mean, I don't think it's any slight to Tevin that um they were trading in and out, but I just think it's a different it's a different type of grip when you have when you have to um when you have to spike that ball. So getting him his his conditioning back up before he takes over the center position, I think is really really cool. I think Tevin kind of held his own once he sat down. But um Braxton Jones, like what? Like how about Justin Fields did not get killed? He went against one of the top one of the top guys in the league in pass rushing. I mean that's that's truly truly awesome, John. Real quick. The numbers didn't say it. We didn't have all those many, those big passing things. But we adjusted. <laughs> we adjusted and won the game convincingly. Yes. And, and you, you brought up, and I, I didn't really, we didn't really talk about this before, but you brought up Darnell Mooney's name. And you got to think that they're going to try to, they're going to try new ways to get him involved in the game uh, next week and, and moving forward. So, uh, Danny, uh, did you see, I mean, there wasn't, there's not much tape on Darnell Mooney out of this game, obviously, but, uh, what can they do to try to get him more involved? Because he's one of those guys where if he's touching the ball, he can take off and he can be a home run hitter. Uh, can they try some, you know, tunnel screens? Can they try, can they try some other things to try to get him involved moving forward? Because he's one of your best playmakers on offense and he really didn't have too much of an impact on this game. Yeah, I only have one one catch. I believe it was like with like two or three targets. Uh, you know, the, the the one deep ball obviously was was overshot. Uh, the the one slip bubble screen they gave him on a side, he kind of made like a six seven yard gain out of it. I think that was his only catch. And then, 
uh, th that interception where where it looks like Justin kind of didn't see that that safety playing that robber position, kind of just jumped right in right in front of it. That was headed to Darnell Mooney there. So there was another play where he made a nice route. He ran a nice uh, kind of deked inside and, and ran a nice corner route. Was looked like to be wide open, but I don't know if at that point if the pocket had broken down on Justin. He kind of you know went in and just threw it away or looked away from that from that uh, from Mooney at that point. But yeah, I mean and. For me, it starts up front. You give him more time up front as offensive line to kind of sit back and scan the field. And I think he will find just uh, there, uh, Darnell Mooney because that is one of his you know best friends on the team and as a guy he trusts. And uh, so for me, it just all starts up front. You give him more time, Darnell Mooney will get more involved. And in terms of how you want to manufacture uh, plays for, for Darnell Mooney, yeah, give him you know those slip screens, those bubble screens, you know some jet sweeps, you know toss him the football as he's running across the formation and just get him more active there. But uh, you know I think just him out there alone. Uh, you know, he draws a lot of attention because he's going to be the he's right now the Bears best receiver. But if Pringle, if Valus Jones, if Equinemius St. Brown start making plays, that's going to now start, you know, taking coverage away from Darnell Mooney, give him more opportunities where and then now it goes back to the offensive line. You give we give field some some opportunities there, some time there to find Mooney. And now we're going to see more production there from Darnell Mooney. So I think it's just again, it's it wasn't a perfect game. Right, we talked about only one receiver. Each receiver had what, like one reception. The mm -hmm. the leading receiver was pass catcher was was uh, Montgomery. So that's not perfect. That's not something that's going to win you games week in and week out. So you know we're not here jumping up and down. Okay, about, well, why not? Know, what, that's exactly how the Ravens won the Super Bowl. That's exactly that's, how that's not sustainable for success. I know. Though, I, mean, I just want to fight, Dan. I just want to fight. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> well, it's not sustainable I, for success in terms of if yeah. you want to build an uh, offense that's successful, that that's you know pretty much feared by other teams, and, and that that kind of complements your defense and your special teams. But 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 guys, you got to understand when you're playing these a playoff caliber team, you just find a way to win. Sure. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, it's we, of course they want to throw the ball beautifully to their number one wide receiver. Who would have want that? But Darnon Mooney said it in the um in the present. I hope they never cover me. I hope they do. Y'all don't know their names, but I know their names. Mm. And when they cover me, you're gonna see these guys shine. This is all going according to plan. I feel like we have the right people in place. I just glad that we actually can do more than just one thing. What if we do one thing and it and it sucks? We yeah. that we can so next week it will be a different kind of animal. Next week against the practice will be a different kind of animal. We're gonna have to actually throw the ball. How y'all doing? It looks like Justin Fields is at the podium. Let's tune in. Yeah, I think we were just trying to find a rhythm. You know, uh, we were dealing, the offense at least was dealing with long fields and, you know, our defense. I think they did a great job dealing with the short fields that they got, um, you know, holding them in the red zone for three points on uh, one of the drives. So, um, yeah, I think we were just trying to get in the rhythm and, you know, we were backed up. So, you know, when you're backed up like that, you, you just can't use the whole play playbook. But, you know, second. I hope it comes back. Can you guys have find a rhythm and, you know, we execute it. So proud of the guys. Can you give us an idea of what it was like to play in that and how it affected things you wanted to do? Yeah, I think it, you know, the rain affected us a little bit, but, you know, once it calmed down a little bit, it wasn't affecting us as much, but definitely uh, had an effect. I think the guys handled it well, you know, Sam being at center, I think all the snaps were, were, were fine. You know, he did a great job doing that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, of course, I knew it was going to rain today. So earlier in the week, I was practicing throwing the wet ball drills with the gloves, and um, I just kind of liked how it felt with the gloves. Um, I tried to go no gloves, like I think the first or second series, something like that. But the ground was just so wet; like it wasn't even raining, but the ground was just so wet from the rain earlier that you know it was just you know safer 
to, to, to go with the glove. So, yeah. Were you surprised Dante was that wide open when you turned to your right there? Uh, no, not really. Just because of the defense they play, you know, uh, vision and break defense. You know, they're just watching me, watching my eyes and kind of watch, watching where I go. So I knew he was over there. And once I kind of looked right and saw him there wide open, you know, I just wanted to, I lofted it up just to make sure, you know, he caught the ball. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he did a great job with the uh, yards after the catch and then EQ threw a, 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 a great block. So, so he could get in the, so he could get in the end zone. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that was the uh, that was the kind of the play that changed the momentum of the whole game. So, um, you know, once that play happened, um, you know, that kind of just started everything else. In the second half, were you, you, you and Luke were talking at halftime. You talking about getting you on the run a little bit more, trying to make a few things happen. Yeah, uh, we stopped doing it because I think they get, they game plan pretty well for Nuggets uh, for our keepers and stuff like that. So, um, you know. Uh, we definitely wanted to try that, you know, in the third quarter a little bit. But, I mean, they still were, you know, sticking to the game plan where every time I would go out, they would have that DN right outside uh, waiting for me. So I just tried to, you know, make a positive play. Well, what's your read on the second touchdown to EQ? And did, did you consider Pringle at all? So he got open as well to the side. Pringle? Yeah. yeah. He, the, uh, he was on the backside, right? Yeah, he's my last read on that. So uh, my read on that is just the flat to the corner into the uh, mesh coming across into the backside guy. So, um, I mean, that was my second read. Felt the defenders come down soft and then saw EQ. He took a good angle with that safety right there and um, just, just, just just hit him for the touchdown. And, of course, the O-line did a great job protecting that play. So, proud of those guys. Just you sprinted, uh, in the second half, you kind of got up and get a little bit less. Was that like a, a kind of a, ah, what would be when you felt like you kind of just – Which one? I want to say it was the second one. You got in the second got, half? You got, you got across midfield and you go through the sand and everything. You got to kind of flex. Mm. I don't know, but I like to celebrate a little bit. You know, they always bring it up in film, like who has the best celebration, stuff like that. So, you know, we always, you know, keep the film rolling on that. And, um, you know, they, they encourage, you know, celebration. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, who had the best celebration uh, after we look at the tape for sure. Justin, what was this team able to lean on stay so locked in and disciplined when you know, everything, the weather, the offense not being able to get going in the first half, like nothing seemed to be working right away. What discipline did you guys lean on to be able to stay disciplined? Yeah, I think, you know, just what we were built on, um, you know, coach always says, you know, it's uh, mental stamina, uh, mental and physical stamina, uh, who can play uh, the longest, uh, the hardest, and, you know, just, just play every play. So um, I think, you know, we won this game with mental and uh, physical stamina. So I'm, I'm proud of the defense, proud of the O-line, just, just proud of everybody today. So when you look at your performance individually, what did you like about what you did today? What do you say needs to be better? Uh, one thing was the first pick that I threw. Um, they were in three, three hook week. The safety came down. Um, I saw Mooney opening up. I tried to move Fred. He was a front side hook defender with my eyes the right way. But that backside hook defender, like I said before, they play the vision and break defense. So once that backside hook defender saw my eyes go right, that he came over a little bit, the safety did. Then that's, that's, that's why they got the pick. But, um, so that I just gotta, you know, just read the squeeze off of that and um, just, just, just make a better decision. But uh, other than that, you know, I felt like, you know, the, of course there were some uh, bad plays and of course some good plays. But I think, you know, the team as a whole you just, just fought through adversity the, the whole game. Talking about the, the water and the gloves and everything. Like, how much control do you feel like you had over your throws today? Yeah, it's just, it's just inconsistent. So some, some throws you have full control, and then some, some throws where the ground is so wet. Um, you know, it's it's not – you don't have as much grip. So, it just defers every play. You mentioned the, the celebration. What was the, the slip and slide like for you at the end there? I mean, that was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, we talked about it, like, right before we took the last knee. And, um, you know, 
all the guys are excited to, to, to run to the end zone and do that. So that was a, a, a snapshot moment for sure. I don't know. I think it was one of the uh, O-linemen. And then I heard it and I was like, oh, yeah, everybody's got to do it. So, uh, you know, took the last snap and we all just ran into the end zone and did that. So that was, that was cool. Probably, actually. But we usually do it after like first downs or touchdowns, but they'll probably say, you know, they'll probably just 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 look at that one. So, but but it was it was it was definitely cool for sure. Back to the interception just for a second. Yeah, flat exactly. So I gotta you know the highest average for third down percentage is forty eight percent. So I just gotta you know not force anything down the field. Boom, just take the check down and you know maybe he catch the ball before the sticks and you know break a tackle and 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 get the first down. So I just gotta be smarter in that and just you know of course know who I'm playing. Just take the odds. You guys ran third and long a lot in the first mm-hmm. half. Like, what do you think allowed you to break away from that sort of purgatory? Um, really just first and second down, you know, putting ourselves in a good position, getting the run game going a little bit. Um, I thought the line did a great job blocking in the second half, you know, for the run game a little bit more. So got that going on first and second down. And then, you know, of course, you have positive plays on first and second down. That'll set you up for better success on uh, third down. So what's your assessment just with uh, Tevin and Lucas kind of coming in and out? I mean, I couldn't look at him, like, individually. But, um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. So, I have no idea, to be honest with you. Yeah, so, uh, Braxton Jones didn't win every rep, as uh, you warned us. But mm-hmm. how do you think he handled his first uh, his first up game, especially with you know, giving up a sack and coming back? How do you think he – Yeah, I mean, just, just like we talked about earlier in the week, we knew, you know, he's not going to, you know – be perfect against you know one of the best DNs in the league, but as long as you just move on, move on from that play, and you just just move move to the next one, you know, we'll be good. You know, everybody you know gets gets got on one play. It's just it's really just on how, how you respond. So yeah. Justin, you guys were able to find success with those improv plays. How much of that success comes from the preparation, just working on the scramble drills, and how much mm-hmm. of that is just your ability to to freestyle? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lot. So just uh, scramble drill rules, you know. Uh, just knowing what the receivers are going to do, um, you know, just kind of them filling out the spacing and really just, you know, trying to extend the play as long as I can uh, to where either I can, you know, throw it to one of them or maybe run for a few yards or even throw it away. So, um, yeah, I think they did a great job with that today, though. Put perspective what your defense did today and keeping you guys right there for as long as they did. Yeah, I mean, they did awesome. Um, first half, only giving up, you know, 10, what, seven or 10 points? Seven points with uh, the field position they were getting every time. I mean, they, they did a great job. You know, Bojack came up with a clutch pick and then one fumble at the first drive of the game, uh, first or second drive of the game. I mean, that was that was awesome. So the defense did a great job today. Appreciate, yeah, appreciate y'all. Wow. Yeah, wow. I, I could listen to that guy speak about football for quite some time. And I think somebody said it in the chat room. It's his his recall is very impressive about, you know, specific plays and who was running what and what his, you know, his primary read was and what uh, what what his last read was. Uh, initial takeaways from uh, Justin Fields press conference. Danny, I'll start with you and then Gaines, you jump in right after. Yeah, a couple of things. Again, impressive, like you said, in terms of just breaking down the play, remembering what what happened, and and then kind of pointing out his mistakes. Right? We talked about you know that that robber position that 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 safety was playing, how he kind of you know baited uh, Fields into the into the interception there, and uh, you know he said like you know there are you know a read and react kind of defense where they they read his eyes and then they did jump the routes, and that's what the safety did, and, and now he knows. Uh, and then the, the fact that on a touchdown where a reporter has said you know why don't you go to Byron Pringle who was 
coming across the formation wide open. He said, that's my third read. So I saw my second read, you know, which was EQ. And I said, oh, he, he felt good about that. And he just kind of pr progressed there and just threw the ball, perfect ball placement and a, and a touchdown for to EQ. So, you know, guys, I, I'm, I'm a huge Justin Fields fan. You know, they, John, you were with me the night of the draft. When, when, when they drafted him, this is the guy I wanted. I said, Chicago, got your quarterback. I'm, I'm a full believer in this kid that this leadership, his ability to, to, to be, you know, that quarterback, the bears have been, have been looking for, for, for centuries now, I think, I think, you know, is, is, is the guy. And I, and I, I have total confidence in this kid. Just give him some time as, as he develops in this awesome and offense in this system and you build up the, you know, the, the complimentary weapons around him. I think this guy's the sky's the limit for this kid. And I, and like I said, I, I'm a huge believer, big fan of Justin Fields. And I think this kid is going to be the real deal. Jump in there Gaines. Um, I'm gonna try to man holding my breath. Sometimes I think I'll give myself a heart attack because, like, bro, like I'm just gonna repeat what Dane just said. It's it's really awesome to come in to see John. Like, yo, how much this young man wanted to do good for his team. We have a he's an exceptional talent, and today he and just now he just showed his intelligence mm -hmm. and his football IQ. Like this young man right here. Want to hear the sentence? He can't read defenses. That's what the quote-unquote thing was last year. He can't. He's not ready to read defenses. He 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 sounded like he knew what he was talking about, especially because he broke down his own mistake. That's what, that what was key to me. Falling on the sword on the small things, not just living into the hype. Danny, I'm I'm so hyped for Justin Fields right now, but like I got I got all my receipts, guys. Y'all just watch my Twitter account. I, every fucking excuse my language. Every negative, all this the, the negative, un, uncalled for criticism of Justin Fields over the last six months. I got all the screenshots. I'll be I'll be sending those out with a hashtag. I told you so. All right, because because and real quick because the young man just needed a chance. The young man just needed a chance, and he's needed time. And it was freaking incredible what we just heard from our head from our head coach and Justin Fields because they are aligned. I, I see no ego with this team. Everybody's selfless. Everybody's for the next man. This dude is willing to um take his body on his heart, to, to take the game to his own hands, to do get it done. I'm yo, bro, John. We are gonna beat the Packers next week, bro. That, that <laughs> let's get to let's get. We'll get there. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron we'll Rogers, get there. Aaron, Aaron, okay, when we get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Before we jump into next week, uh, I believe we had a, a question from the chat room talking about letter grades for Justin Fields. I'll start and then pass it around. I'm going to give him a B because I don't think you can go any lower than that for somebody that wins the ball game. But I, I like the fact that they were able to adjust at the second half, figure out what was going to work against this defense. And Justin Fields was able to do what he does. He was able to move the pocket. He was able to find scan the entire field. And he was able to find open receivers. And he was able to throw two touchdown passes. Did he struggle in the first? half yeah but he was able to uh recompose himself so to speak and lead this team to a victory so i'll give him a very solid b if not a b plus uh danny will go to you and then gains yeah i mean i was i was going with a b and then, and then i'm thinking like you know maybe a b minus because like i said earlier just because of the fact there were a couple of times he looked like he could pull the trigger on, on a throw but just was a little bit hesitant maybe maybe it was just the weather conditions maybe a receiver slipped out of his break i'm not sure I haven't watched the all 22 yet but you know there were a couple of times and one of them like i said led, led to a sack so you know there are some times where a little indecisive obviously the interception but you know again he just recalled it right now he knew what he did wrong and, and i do not expect him to kind of fall you know pray to that 
that interception again. You know, he learns from his mistakes. That's what I love about this kid. So just going to be a little more conservative. I'll give him a B minus, but definitely the Bears would not have won this game without Justin Fields at quarterback. The way he he was able to improvise and adjust and make plays in the second half. Remember, guys, he used his legs too to to create a lot of a lot of you know first downs and also drew a two at least that I remember, you know, 15 yard penalties when he got late hit. And for some reason, I, these defenders do not pull up on Justin Fields. You know, they, they you know, he's saying slide and they still want to try, try to, you know, drive him into the ground. So he drew two penalties there on, on those, uh, on those defenders there as well. So I, I, I'll be conservative and I love the kid. I'll just give him a B minus for this first game. All right, gentlemen. And so first I was going to go B, B minus B plus, but like, what did Justin Fields do today? What did you need your quarterback to do? First of all, don't lose us the game. Don't lose us the game. Try not to turn over the ball. He made one mistake. He came back forward. <laughs> Justin Field gets a freaking A- minus for me today. The reason why he gets an A, because not only did he show up, ladies and gentlemen, this was the team that, over, that passed him in the draft. This had multiple meanings. He showed up in bad condition, willed us to victory, led his troops, outshowed the number one overall pick. That is a big, that is a big freaking deal when you talk about the, the stage that was set. John, we, we were seven put underdogs at home. The disrespect was, 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 was clear. This is just like Thursday night, how the Buffalo Bills just whooped the Super Bowl champs. They were supposed to come in here and whoop us up. It's mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali. This is supposed to be the night that, that, that the legend was ended with Joe Frazier. So the, so the fact that Foreman didn't get us, that these Super Bowl champs that we held our own, you got to give my man A for how he handled the situation. I'm not talking about, yeah, yeah a B for, for his completion in the yards, but for what he did, when he did it, in, in Chicago, bro! In Chicago, in front of the fans, in the rain, on our crappy yards turf, excuse me, our turf that's getting upgraded. Like, that's a big... The, 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 the sentimental effect of that is a freaking A. You got your brand new head coach, a win at home against an NFC opponent. That's a very big deal. Yeah. The, the one, the one A I will give out is to the fans, man. Soldier field was rocking for today real. and it has been this loud, this raucous for a while, in my opinion. So, I mean, heads up to the fans, a for all, all the guys out there and, and women out there that made the effort, man, they, they were, and the defense was, was thriving off of that. You saw the energy defensive players got, they were getting the fans into it and the fans were loud. And I, it's been a while since I heard soldier field this raucous. Couple more things, uh, Gaines. You brought up the turf and that brand new Bermuda grass they laid out not too long ago. Certainly got tested out today. Uh, I guess if you're going to put down Bermuda grass, you might as well pretend like you're in the Bermuda Triangle with the amount of monsoon. As you see, Justin Fields sliding in celebration there beside me. If you're watching the video version of this show, uh, so one thing: can we blame the turf for the two missed extra points by Cairo Santos? Is are we going to chalk it up? to the conditions and, and the yeah. turf and just be like, okay, not really worried about it next. And uh, we'll see what happens next week. Or is this cause for pause? A- any, any opinions on uh, your, or a kicker that you just recently extended uh, missing two extra points in a game where it could have played an impact. It ultimately didn't, but it, but it, it could have. For, for me, it's, it's a concern initially, but I'll give him a pause because of the fact of, of the field conditions. Uh, not so much the turf, because I didn't see him slipping. I just I just see him shanking, and I thought that maybe because of the rain. The other thing is he's dealing with a new holder, guys. So I remember his holder, uh, uh, Cameron Con- Connell, the, the, the 
O'Donnell, I'm sorry, the punter is now with the Packers. So, you know, Trenton Gill, the, the rookie, is the holder. So, you know, he, not to give him an excuse, he, he's he's been holding for him since training camp. So that, that shouldn't really be a, a big problem. But I, I'm just going to chalk it up to the weather. Now, if this continues, then we have a problem. And we, we do not want any more kicking problems here in Chicago. We've had enough of those for the past couple of years. So I'll just talk it up to the, to the bad weather for me. Um, I was kind of go the same way. The one thing I was not worried about coming into the game was Santos missing a field goal. That was the one thing I was not worried about. It happened. Okay, the weather. Because we won the game. We 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 won, we won the game. Santos, he he's been he's he's been he's been super clutch. Um, that I know that ball probably feels super stupid heavy. Um, mm-hmm. under those type of conditions, who knows the effect that it has? Um, thank God that we played in all three phases of the game. And uh, the fact that we didn't need that field goal that he was going to attempt before they brought a towel out on the field and got penalized for unsportsmanlike conduct. Danny, any, okay, let's be real. Let's be honest. Did any of you guys know that rule before I've it was I've never. I tweeted out. I'm like, I've never seen that rule ever enforced or ever. ever I mean, I've, I've seen like punters bring out towels and then like just throw the, throw the towel on the side and punt the football. But I've never seen them actually clean the spot on the, on, on the field. Is so, it the snowplow rule from the old uh, the New England game where they brought the snowplow out to kick the field goal off of it? <laughs> is, is it? After that, they're like, okay, you can't do that stuff anymore. <laughs> so anytime you come out and clear the surface with some un, kind of an, inanimate object that you're just going to get flagged? But this also is the first time I've seen uh, they squeegee the field with all that water coming yeah. up and a grass field too. You know, and I'm like, wow, that, that's that's a lot of lot of rain there. But uh, yeah, I had never seen that before. That that was unfortunate because obviously that got them out of field goal range and then ended up punting. So I I I was hoping that it would not cost them the game, uh, and luckily it did not. All right, let's start giving out some game balls here. If you had to pick out your MVP for the Bears throughout this game, I'm going to keep bloviating here for a couple seconds while you guys think about it. But if you had to uh, pick one player that uh, you're going to give the game ball to, you're going to give the MVP to of this game, because they're, I mean, it's, it, it was a basically a full team win when you look over it. There wasn't somebody that's just like, oh, we put the whole team on your back and go. I mean, Justin Fields would be the closest to that. But if you had to... Pick a game ball of who, who you're giving it out to. Uh, Gaines, I'll start with you. Who you got? Um, Man, that's tough, man. One? Just one? I got one. one. Offense and defense. <laughs> one? <laughs> if, if, if one, I'm, I'm going to give it to Braxton Jones. Um, I, I just I, – he got off to a shaky start. But, like, that's that's a tall that, – that, 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 that could decide the whole game. If the quarterback isn't isn't competent – if the best def, the, the best defender on that team is Bosa. That's the best defender on the team. So for him not someone not be neutralized, but to be slowed down enough for Justin to do a little bit, he really just showed up. That he wasn't. I didn't expect him to win the starting job before training camp, before I started to see what was going on, and that was just really really cool to see. I can say a couple other guys' names, but I'm truly impressed impressed with how that how that young man he got. He started throwing his hands. He used to be he was real conservative before, wouldn't use his hands a lot, and I was just really impressed. I'm giving it to Braxton Jones. Danny, who you got? Yeah, the, the easy one is, is Justin Fields, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna go off of that and and I just saw someone in the chat throw it up there and I'm gonna go give it to Matt Eberflus, uh, you know rookie rookie coach, uh, his team showed composure, uh, well coached team, you know they're being absolutely dominated, you know by the defense uh, by the front seven of the 49ers in that first half, you know kept their composure and came back and 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 you know had the you know the 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 fortitude the will to go ahead and fight and and win this game and I I just give it you know give it to Matt Eberflus again we've seen something throughout the preseason. In, in his first game here is, is this team is well coached guys you know they might not have the, the best talent in the world they, they might not you know be a, a playoff contender the first first season here but 
they're going to be well coached and they're not going to, you know, lose football games. And we've seen that the last couple of seasons here in Chicago. So my, my game ball goes to Matt Eberflus. Man, I feel bad that none of us actually straight up gave it to Justin Fields because I I, I was taking the opposite effect because I'm like somebody's gonna say Fields because the guy that really the guy that really sh- uh, shined for me was Dominique Robinson seven tackles a sack and a half and just made his presence known throughout the entire game I was I was psyched to see how effective he was and how aggressive and how quick. He was off the ball. So uh, D- Dominic Robinson, I'm excited to see where he goes. I'm excited to see how his ascension goes in this defense. So uh, that once again, I, I always pay a much a lot of attention to the defense whenever I'm watching the Bears game. So uh, that 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 just is where my mind. But it's it. But I think that when we give game balls, it's like okay, the quarterback makes sense. So outside of Justin Fields, who we're going to give it to? So right. uh, th- three guys that really did uh, did contribute to this win much like much like you said Danny Matt Eberflus had his had his hand on this game big time because they were able to adjust when they needed to adjust uh one more thing before uh before we start wrapping things up here they got Green Bay next week and so that's a that's a big game for well not just because it's Green Bay but because all of a sudden the quote worst team in the league could potentially go 2 and 0 beating two teams that have Super Bowl aspirations talking about the 49ers and the Packers as as we're recording this the Packers are down 7 7 nothing to the to the uh, Minnesota Vikings but if they're able to beat Green Bay which once again let's not get ahead of ourselves but no one they they were you know they beat the 49ers who's to say they can't beat the, the Green Bay Packers next week what I'll, I'll go around the horn here. Your thoughts on how what they need to do to beat the Packers and what that does if they do. Danny, I'll start with you. Come on, well, man. If they beat the Packers, if they beat Packers next week, I'm, I'm just going to sit back here for the first half hour and just let Tyler go off because he's going to be he's going to dominate the airways. I wanted to I wanted to get you out of the way first, and then, <laughs> and then, we, and then we go clean up with gains on that. So, but but I mean, for me, in order to beat the Packers, like eight. Hey, you know, it's it's going to be a tall task. It's it's at Lambeau Field, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, it's Sunday night football. Um, you know, it's it's going to be something where the defense is going to have to play. You know, almost a, a perfect game as well. Now, the one thing with the Packers is offensively, we we saw you know, to, well at least to today's game, Christian Watson dropped a wide open touchdown uh, from from uh, Aaron Rodgers. So that that that's something that's going to be something that they're going to haunt them for for a couple of weeks. There, we'll see if Alan Lazard comes back next week. He's going to be his his primary target. But you know, we're we're, we're facing a different animal here, right? With Aaron Rodgers as opposed to Trey, Trey Lance. So that's going to be a, a big challenge for the defense. So I I know I don't expect them to be you know as 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 good as they were today, but that means the offense is going to, have to step up. You know, offensively, we're going to have to put up more points. Most likely, you're going to have to have those receivers get involved in the in the passing game. And again, continue that, continue that. You know, pounding the football with with the running attack and and prove that a defense can stop you from from gaining you know big chunks of yards rushing the football, and then allow that to open up your passing game. So, but if they go two and zero. Now we're talking about a team, a young team that's got confidence beating two of the top favorites in the NFC. Now you're talking about momentum being sky high or confidence being sky high and then momentum kind of rolling. And now you can see some some wins kind of piling up there. And now you're talking about a whole different animal. All right, Gaines. We'll, we'll pop the cork. What do you got? No, it, no, no it's cool. When Danny talks, Danny, was, Danny says so smooth, it calms me down. And so it's like it's like it's like a tranquilizer. I'm like, yeah, that was cool, Danny. That was I cool. think that's I, a compliment. I think that's a compliment. Yeah, no, it is. It is. I'm like, it's very peaceful. And like Danny, Danny's like spits fire and nuggets. I'm like, damn, he's making a good point. I'm like, all right, cool. I don't got to yell. <laughs> but um, I, I will say this. Um, the question was, 
what do they need to do to beat the Packers next week? Um, honestly, excuse me, take what's given, but don't let – and go in there with your – run your game plan. Run your game plan. This is a brand-new team. Aaron Rodgers, now he owns this, right? All that stuff needs to start coming back. Come, coming back. It's only a couple players here from last year, but this isn't the same Bears, okay? The one annoying thing that's about to happen this week, all the quote-unquote experts – are going to talk about the Bears, but none of them are going to say what they said about the Bears the last four weeks, okay? That's what's going to – that's what's about to happen. And so our coach – like, I love Danny for giving a game ball to our, to our coach because I truly believe that's where our strength is at. Our strength is in our leadership. I'm not sure if the, if the Washington Redskins or the Commanders won today, but that's what happens when you have good leadership, when you have a Jack Del Rio and a Ron Rivera, when you have good coaches coming together, bro, you're going to see a good product. And so next week, run the football. They're going to adjust. They want to film. Darren Moody's going to break open. I feel like we haven't even seen anything yet, guys. I feel like it's still super early. Darren Moody said all preseason long, they only ran three to four plays offensively all offseason. And so I feel like it's just the beginning. Yeah, and I think that moving into next week, and I'll be short and sweet about this, is – there are some teams that you can't afford to have a real bad first half against. The Bears were able to escape that today because they were only down uh, what seven nothing or ten. Oh, I forget seven nothing at halftime. Yeah, seven nothing at halftime, uh, which is very. It's not insurmountable. You can come back and win a game like that uh, against some of these Aaron Rodgers teams. You can't really afford to dig yourself into that hole. Although we don't know exactly the firepower of this Green Bay team. I think they just got stuffed on fourth and goal against the Vikings and the Vikings are taking over. So we're not really sure exactly if these Packers teams are the same Packers teams as years past. But uh, I just think in a, in a recent history of bears and packers you got to put a complete game together and uh but uh, but i feel a lot better about this team because they are much more disciplined i i feel like they're not going to make all the stupid mistakes where it's just like not only do they not stack up talent wise but they're also undisciplined and they're going to make stupid penalties and they're going to they're going to have a delay a game coming out of a timeout or they're going to do all this other crazy crap that we're used to seeing in, in the last couple years so uh, i i i'm i'm confident that at least they can be competitive in that game and they can open up some opportunities to potentially win. I, I think that's the big difference between this team and some teams we've seen uh, in, in years past. So uh, as we, as we uh, kind of wind this oh. game down as we're coming off of a bit, we're, this is a, you know, victory off a of week one. You can't be much, uh, much happier than we are right now. Let's go around the horn one final time. Let's talk about what we're working on and some of the things that are, that are going on. Uh, Gaines, we'll start with you. Then we'll hit Danny and I'll take us home. So I'm, I'm just going to start it off by saying, first of all, I truly am excited. I believe in this team. Um, I, I, have, I, took the, I took the over on the Bears. I think I was getting um, um, six wins. Everybody picked the Bears to win only six games. I definitely took that over. And I've also taken the Bears to win an NFC North championship. Okay? That's my belief level because I truly feel like Devontae Adams not being in Green Bay is a bigger deal than most people are letting on. And so um, that's where I'm at with it. I truly believe in what our coaching staff has brought to this team. We have a bunch of players that are that are hungry. And um, we got, when you have a Roquan Smith try, about to pull a Lamar Jackson and just put it all on the field, play sideline to sideline, when you Robert Quinn didn't make a lot of noise this game, but he was, like, coming. And so, like, when you were hitting it from all different levels, bro, it's about to get real freaking exciting, and I'm jacked. I'm so jacked. And I'm – I. 
yeah, John, I, 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 I see us being able to beat Green Bay next week just because I do want them to, but not just out of fanship, but like the Packers having having a lot of struggles going wide receiver. I know we're wrapping up, but I want to finish up with that thought real quick. <laughs> Is it you muted, bro? Is, I was gonna say I just I was just watching the Vikings put another big play up on the on the Packers. Yeah, defense it's not like I gotta, good. I gotta, <laughs> and so, bro, it's it's a lot. They have the Packers have issues on the line. Aaron Rodgers actually came at his wide receivers live, like um, on, on during press conferences during the offseason. So as much trash as the Bears have gotten for having the worst wide receiving core in the NFL, the cool thing about this is this is what I'm going to say: Aaron Rodgers is expected to have excellence at the wide receiver position. He expects excellence. The Bears, Justin Fields, knows what he has, and they're all growing together. And so, therefore, I feel like the Bears are in a better position. We know where we're at. And so, I feel like everybody's growing off of each other. <laughs> we're together in this. Yeah. And, so, and, so, and so, for me, bro, I feel like get ready for a cool-ass ride. I'm going to part of my language real quick. We're going to win the NFC title. And um, and again, yeah, NFC title, I'm going to say that right now real quick. But um, outside of that, I'm just happy. To, I'm happy to be back with the boys. It's been truly, truly dope. I was telling Danny and Aldo um, what I got going on. I got engaged in during the off season to my better, her beautiful other other half, Jessica. And um, life has been crazy, but life is amazing. Became a detective in the, the Baltimore area, and I'm doing some personal training out here. And we we get we're giving people the good light and everything. We um Mombasa Relief just got back from Mombasa. We sent over 70 computers to the children of Mombasa, and we finished all four classrooms being rebuilt. Um, um, 20 different um, female ladies got got sponsorships for high school and college, and we're heading back to Africa um, this coming up March. And so truly some exciting things happening with it. Definitely appreciate Aldo and the network for all the support that we're doing. And um, it's, just, it's happy to have Danny, the DraftKings expert, with us here this season. It's going to be a lot of fun going forward. And, um, yeah, that's it. We'll see y'all, see y'all next week. Go ahead, Danny. I always, I always uh, feel bad for the people following Tyler because he's out there yeah. saving the world and making us a better I'm, place. I'm not and, doing anything. I'm just, Danny, I'm just sitting here. I'm just yeah, Danny, tell us about so tell us all that film you're working on. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I actually am. I've, I've started my my draft prep for obviously college football season has started and started my draft prep for our, our you know this season's draft on tap. You know, obviously looking at the positions of need. You know, obviously today's week one of the NFL season, but I'm I'm kind of looking ahead to to next off season already in, in the draft and all that stuff so you know uh, draft on tap will be back uh at a, at a date to be announced here on the barroom network so i'm excited and and can't wait for that uh and then just gonna be working with you guys excited excited and happy to be on the show here and talk bear football uh right after the game and in terms of of, of the game today is like i said i tweeted out earlier you know wins and losses for this season for me at least you know that they're, they're kind of second second hand i mean my main thing is justin fields how he develops. If I see growth in this kid and I see this kid taking command and leadership of this football team, and then I see some of these young guys. We talked about Dominic Robinson, the fifth-round kid, you know, pick, uh, making a sack and a half today. He looked pretty damn good. You know, Braxton Jones got off to a rough start. Another, you know, a late-round pick, uh, you know, could be your future, you know, starting left tackle. He's just starting left tackle right as we speak. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking to see these kids make plays. Kyler Gordon, you know, uh, you know the brisker, the safety. I want to see these guys get developed. I want to see that that core be developed here by Ryan Poles and obviously Matt Eberflus, you know, so far off to, to a great start, you know, in, in my eyes, you know, in terms of the way he's coaching this, you know, this, this team. Got this team prepared, uh, well prepared for for you know week in and week out. So, I think the Bears are going to be a competitive team all year long. I don't expect them to get blown out. 
Uh, I think they'll be in these games and, and, you know, whether they win all of them, that, that's, that's, you know, we'll see how that happened, what happens there, but I'm expecting a very exciting season. Uh, and again, Justin Fields is, is my main, my main focus. So, uh, you know, th- there may be some, some shows we, we kind of pop in here, me and Aldo with, with breaking down some tape on some of these younger players uh, that, that's going to be announced later on here on a barroom network as well. So got a lot of things going on, but uh, yeah, I mean, just, you know, Good, good way to start off the season with with a victory over over a, a team that's then a lot of these so-called quote-unquote experts say are is a Super Bowl favorite. So, absolutely, and, and I'll just say this: uh, I I rarely I I can't really be described as a homer because I'm very hard on the Chicago Bears sometimes because I want them to win. I want them to win more than anything. Uh, so I, I so whenever they're playing poorly or there's something wrong. I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to be real about it. Uh, But when I see the national media going way over on the other side, where it's just like the bears are obviously going to be the worst team in the league. They have done nothing for Justin Fields. Justin Fields should demand a trade and all this other BS that's been going on around this team. I'm going to get a little defensive about it then, because let's be real about it. This team is not the worst team in the league. And you know what? This win today probably isn't going to even move the needle for a lot of those people because they're going to be saying, well, it's a torrential downpour and it's Trey Lance's first real start and yada, 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 yada. I still expect the Bears to pick in the top three of the draft. Whatever. Let them talk because that's how that's how they're engaging us. And when we engage them, that's exactly what they want. So I were so it's it's kind of a double-headed uh, beast there. But I will say this: the best part about this team is there's a lot to figure out, and we are going to figure out throughout the course of this season. I think a lot of people uh, are confusing unproven with bad just because we have a bunch we have a big group of uh, players that are unproven doesn't mean they have a big group of players that are bad they these are players with the opportunity to make something of this year make something of their career and then at the end of the season ryan poles is going to say is this a guy that we're going to keep around and we can build around or do we got to address this in free agency and the draft so i think this year in uh comparison to maybe last year and the year before is there's hope because we can actually look at some of these things. We knew what the Bears were basically going to be last year. I didn't have a whole lot of hope that that was going to be a Super Bowl contender and they were the and they were the oldest team in the league. So what 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 exactly what were we looking forward to with that? With an aging team with a bad cap situation and they weren't really a they weren't really a Super Bowl contender. So uh, I think this year brings us a lot of hope. It gives us a lot to watch. And I think this season is going to be a lot of fun to watch. There will be bumps in the road. They're not going to go 17 and 0, but it's going to be it's going to be a possible. really uh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> I knew it. I knew as soon as I said that. As soon as I said that, there was going to be something chirping in my ear. They could they could they could run the table. I hope they do. I'm just I'm just I'm just trying to be real about it. So, I think this is going to be a really fun season uh to watch. And as far as everything the barroom's got you covered. I think there's basically new Bears content every single day uh, between the Bear Debate. You can catch me on Wednesdays on Buffone 55. We'll have somebody who covers the Packers on Wednesday to kind of break down what's going on in Green Bay. They're currently down 10 nothing as we're recording this, so I'm not sure if, they're, if you're listening to the podcast version of this. They may have won. They may have lost. So we're going to figure out what's actually going on in Green Bay and how the Bears can take advantage of some of these weaknesses uh, that the Packers have in 2022. So make sure you tune into that. And to, just, you know what? 
just set up an alert for everything with the Barroom Network because if you like fresh Bears content, basically every single day, this is the this is the network that's going to get you there. You're gonna get you're gonna have something that's updating you with the 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 latest that's going on with your favorite team every single day, and it's because we have an incredible lineup of hosts and content creators and people behind the scenes. Uh, starting with Aldo Gandia, who's been behind the scenes the entire time for this show. Uh, just he's the one pulling the levers, making sure all of this uh, stays on and say stays. Uh, somewhat uh, efficient as we move through here. So thank you to him. Uh, we're going to wrap this up, but awesome, awesome first just, week of Bears football. Just one nugget I want to throw for, for next week, guys. Just just think about it. This is going to be Luke Getze's first opportunity to call, def- call offense versus the Packers right. defense. He came from that system last year. I'm curious to see how does he attack them. Getze revenge game. Let's start right building now. it up. I'm all and then, about and, it. And, and, and then one more thing. Since Danny, I wasn't going to say that for Mr. But Danny said something. One more thing. Mr. Biscuit got his first win as a Steeler. He <laughs> did. He that. did. That's the uh, that's the last time. Last time we're going to bring that up because I don't give a crap about who played for the Bears two years ago. So, Biscuit, uh, so that's great. Yeah, he was like 17 of like 38 or something of that nature. They had five takeaways. And they the barely won. We wouldn't want to speak. He was over 200 yards. Yeah, we, we, we wouldn't want to have any context context to that or no, anything. Let's just throw no. up some random things. Yeah. Great, great anyway. show. Yeah, good. All right, well, let's, let's cut it off there. That's a great time to end it because I don't want to take that any further. So uh, make sure you tune into us next week, but make sure you hit the like and subscribe button on all those Barroom Network shows. For Danny Shimon and Tyler Gaines Ellis, I'm John Buffone. We'll see you next time.